This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Huzo. Huzo is an acronym for human sound. Huzo delivers uniquely enhanced human toning sounds through headphones as well as through pads placed on your major acupuncture meridians on your body, which are your wrist and your ankles, thereby introducing a specific modulated frequency that are balancing and harmonizing throughout your body. One session takes about 30 minutes, and during that time, a strange series of tones create a natural resonance in your body that Huzo claims counteracts the harmful EMFs, toxins, and stresses you are exposed to during the day or just normal living, all while balancing the body, leaving you with a clear head, improved health, better sleep, and the feeling of calmness and well-being. You can try one at www.thisishuzo.com slash rebel. Use the code REBEL25 to save $25. The folks at Huzo even have a great payment solution for you with terms up to 12 months. Check it out. I highly recommend this machine. It has changed my life and calmed me out. Thank you and enjoy this episode. People say, oh, I know that, I know that. But there's this like big disconnect between right. knowing it and putting it into doing action. It. Yeah. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast and happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Also, it's really creeping up on Thanksgiving really fast at the end of the year. So I hope you're ready. Today's guest is Jeanette Bessinger, health and conscious coach and author. Jeanette is the founder of MeBoot, an innovative and successful lifestyle transformation program designed to balance women's fitness, food, and mood. Through related workshops, she has helped hundreds of women make lasting changes both on and off the plate to eradicate deeply entrenched habits that no longer serve them. Mother of two grown kids, she lives in Newport, Rhode Island with her patient husband, little dog, and a pesky cat. I hope you enjoy this episode. And ladies, this one's for you. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast, Jeanette. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to have you. And I haven't done a podcast geared specifically towards females in a while. So I was really happy to have you on. Fantastic. And uh, I mean, this is geared towards everybody mainly, but females primarily, because this is something that we're going to be talking about is the female transition of life. Yeah, and men uh, need to know about this too. Yeah. I was thinking about this morning. I think this is important for men to hear and understand. Well, be yeah, honest. because we need to understand what they're going through. Yes, you really do. It'll help. Yeah. One thing I have to say is I really love, quote on your homepage of the website, your weight is not 
and the way of life you want. It's a pointing the way. Yes. I love that quote. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, how are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm feeling great. Okay. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm really good. The weather's a little chilly down in Atlanta, finally. We had some hot weather for a long time. Yeah, it felt so, like fall took its time coming. I'm on the East Coast, too, and it here. took a while. Yeah. And uh, before we dig into this today's episode, or the episode and the topics at hand, when I was researching you, I found this video on YouTube of you. And it's quite interesting because you were a, you're a minister. <laughs> But I had no idea. I was like, is this a, is this a lady? I looked at him like, wait a minute, she's not the, behind the altar. And I'm like. I didn't have my robe on in that video. No. I'm like a closet minister. Most people don't know that about me. But yes, I am an ordained interfaith minister. Yep. So I, I proceeded to watch this video. It's called Closer to the Source of Healing, Reverend Jeanette Bessinger. Yeah. And I'm going to put the link for it in the, in the show notes because. This was an amazing 15, 16 minute lecture or minister that you did. That was good. It was so good. I watched it twice. But thank you. Who are you and what what led who are you and what led you to this? That's a fair, that's a fair question. Because I haven't, there's not that much video of me on there, and particularly pulpit video, you know. Um, and I I have a I have a peculiar background. I, I started, but you know, like everybody else, I, not everybody else, but like many people, I started out with a, a problem, a mystery health problem I couldn't fix. Now I had an autoimmune issue. In my twenties, I had sarcoidosis. It was very serious. These granulomas, these tumors were growing on my lungs and they're like, oh, we don't know why. And we don't know what's causing it. We don't know how to fix it. And you should take prednisone. And, you know, even then I knew that I wasn't going to go the steroid Fruit, that's right. how damaging that was, thank God. Um, and, you know, this combination of other things and, and timing with my life, but I think ultimately that was the, the big catalyst for me, was starting to go down the road of um, what do I do when the doctors can't help? And I was, I was pretty young at the time. And what ended up happening was if something worked for me, if something you know, had a strong effect, I would train in it. And so I became certified in a, a few different things, kind of following my nose. And when I went into to practice for myself in 2000, when I started my own business, I kind of kept doing that. And I, I talk about this a little bit in, in that talk that, that you're referencing. I talk about my history a little bit. And because what ended up happening was I would go, I went pretty far down the path with nutrition, with certain forms of mental, emotional healing, with energy work. And I actually right. became, became a minister. I went at full ordination. I went to seminary, the whole thing. And I kept trying to get to the root of healing. That's what I, I realized eventually. This is what I'm doing, not just for myself, right. but, but in general. And I was so perplexed because at a certain point with each of these, in each of these different arenas, we, as, as the training, the expertise, the, we would run out of rope. We would get to the end of the rope. And so I was seeing problems jumping from the mind to the body to the spirit and 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 this is this is something that wasn't even acknowledged nobody everybody understood this to be happening but nobody really validated it as a true experience which is crazy there's like this big disconnect like doctors will say oh yeah yeah people will be in a lot of emotional pain and then they feel better and suddenly they get migraines we know that happens right 
But on that, that's the sort of knowledge level. But when you try to research it or study this, it's not a valid thing. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what, what is going on here? So right. I, was, I was on a hunt. So that's how I ended up kind of moving around like that and getting all those different certifications. So, I, Yeah, because you, you went to, uh, what's the name of the Psychology of Eat, School of Eating, is it? What's it called? Yes, the, the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. Yes. And that's, and yes. yeah, Mark David, who is, is Mark, a master. Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. And he's, I found him through IIN. Um, okay. And did the, you know, very, the very early days now we're going back with my training and he's just, and I worked with him too. And he, he was the, he was the first person I worked with who had that combination of sort of intuition and an alternate way of seeing like just really this, this much more integrated, he understood, you know, archetypes and the mental emotional connection, all these things much more quickly than many other people in the field. So I, I really respect his work in that yeah. institute. He's good. He's very good. Yeah. Now let's dive into our current health and wellness culture, because this is a biggie. And this is to your point about nobody knew what to do. Yeah. And especially for old aging women, they can't get lost in the shuffle in this in the health and wellness culture or doctors, usually the medical system. Yeah. Because unlike you and myself, doctors aren't taught nutrition or stress or how to deal with the normal yep. things of life Yep. in medical school. Nope. So I believe, and to, to your point, uh, so I think our medical and health and wellness culture is making us weaker, not stronger. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, and, and I can speak for, you know, midlife women because I am one, right. <laughs> that I think we're actually in a, a uniquely problematic space right now. And it's funny, it's not just the mental health, I'm sorry, it's not just a physical health industry, it's also the mental health industry, and it's also the fitness industry. It's, we we kind of run into similar problems, is that it's almost like we're operating by these, these memes, like these structures that have been established, like this is what's what. And to be frank, you know, the medical research model is based on the 160 pound man. Right. <laughs> and so, and we really have not, we haven't mapped the hormonal changes that women go through that men don't. And right. this, this is really, this is a hugely important distinction. Men age chronologically and hormonally at about the same rate. It's kind of this gradual, it kind right. of goes in tandem. But women age chronologically the same as men. And a lot of our functions, our brain functions and cardio functions are, are roughly broadly the same as men before we start to hit perimenopause. But then we have this radical contracted hormonal aging that goes like super fast. You know, for the, there's a sharp decline over a, just a short number of years. And this is not addressed in sort of the medical model. And I actually just learned the other day that women, the life expectancy was only up until about 51, up until 1908. So essentially, so until a hundred years ago, women died about the same time they hit menopause. 
And so this whole thing, so it's only been the last hundred years that we have been dealing with this, this, the fact that we age so differently. That's like the last third of our lives, if we're lucky and we have an average, you know, life expectancy, that this time is, is truly unmapped. It's true. It's almost not been experienced, you know, in the, in the West and right. particularly in this country. And so this is kind of fascinating to me. And there's some, if you plot it backwards, you don't have to go that far. We were starting to make some headway up until, you know, the early eighties, we had some really great female pioneers, Christiane Northrup, and some people were doing great medical work. And then women hit the workforce and we started to kind of catch up with men in terms of heart disease for the first time. I was killing men and then it started killing, you know, sort of the same number of women. Right. And then we, and, and we thought at the time, this was the medical wisdom, like, oh, women are starting to, you know, their estrogen levels drop, their progesterone levels drop, let's replace them. And that was the beginning of kind of hormone replacement. And we didn't decide until the very late 90s, early 2000s to actually run a comprehensive test. And so the biggest study that was ever undertaken in women's preventive health, it was called the Women's Health Initiative. We got that rolling. It was supposed to be a five-year protocol and it put women on um, estrogen and progestin, two very, very synthetic forms of these hormones, Premarin, horrible um, pregnant mare's urine. That's right. literally what Premarin stands for. Right. And so, and so we, it was awful. And so what happened was in a, a totally unprecedented move, they actually had to yank the study. They halted the study in 2002 because so many women were getting sick. Right. There was like a 27% increase in heart disease and breast cancer and, and the risk, the ovarian cancer doubled and blood clotting increased and urinary incontinence. It was, it was just a complete disaster. And so there's, there's been a lot of, you know, we understand a lot more about it and even how the media was slanted. It was, it was a mess. It was right. a mess the way it was handled. And I, and then since that time, it's, you know, in your field, functional medicine doctors have kind of repaired a little bit the, the, the reputation of hormone replacement therapy and are, are doing it smarter, right. you know, younger, smaller amounts through the skin, not going through the liver to avoid blood clotting, like that, that kind of thing. But I, I, this is just my idea, but I really think that that study put a complete kibosh on moving forward with mapping menopause. I think I bet you that if you were trying to get money to study this, or I, I bet you nobody wanted to touch it with a ten foot pole, right. because it was so huge. And there was something similar going on in, in Britain. You know, there was a, just a worldwide look at this, and it crashed and burned. And we we traditionally have not tested even you know many of our most of our medicines have have not been tested on females even medicines given to females and they're not tested on female animals you know and if they are they're not disaggregated so like the results are all mixed up they don't separate out and so we we have no history of truly testing women because hormones are so complex and because every woman goes through the change in an individual way on her own timing, it's a really challenging thing to map. And then we had this massive mess up in the early 2000s. And so what's happened for the last 10 years, we've been swimming around with, with nowhere to go, with no guides, with no maps. It's three, it's, I think this, the statistic I just read, a, a recent AARP article, is actually a really good article. They said something like three out of four women ask for help ask their doctors for help with some kind of symptom associated with pre-peri, post-menopause thing and don't get it. 
So literally three quarters of the women, and mind you, every woman who lives long enough, who's lucky enough to live long enough, every woman on the planet goes through this process. And three quarters of us are not getting help. Now, this to me is like an unspoken, sort of unsung, serious problem in our in our healthcare industry in general. It's a real it's problem. Hu- it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And and, and the the problem is is and, and from this is my opinion that most doctors don't know how to treat hormones. Nope. And not only that, but the way they're taught or what the, the bag of potatoes or whatever you want they're being sold is is pellet therapy. Yep. Which is a crapshoot. And that's and that's the most progressive doctors. Like right. if you have even a doc like that's in the functional world right. that, that we're doing pella. Like you go to your to your typical GYN and and he or she's not gonna bring that up to you. Right. That is that's like the cutting edge. And you're right, it's a crapshoot because the right kinds of testing aren't done. And right. we're all so different and we're surging. I mean, it's it's sort of part of the problem is things are going up and down all the time. So you tag a test on a Monday and a month later, you, you try to, you know, say that, that the, the, the results are going right. to be the same. They're not. They're right. not. Well, since we're on this topic of aging and perimenopause, premenopause and menopause, this is the age where the pooch sets in. Yeah. The, the, the dreaded, the dreaded pooch. <laughs> yeah. And then weight starts to come places that it shouldn't be. Yep. And, and it's kind of like lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Yeah. And, and most women aren't ready and not and and we're a little bit in denial that's a whole problem too is that you know culturally it's the beginning of invisibility for women right. so we don't want to talk about it we don't want to think about it those parts don't feel good you know and 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 for my client base like a lot of the women who all, a lot of the things that they've used in the past they just plain stop working Right. And and a lot of like you know trendy diets and and even trendy fitness and things like that. You try to kind of work harder, and it ends up working against you because it's a, there's a different thing going on in this phase of your life. It's really different, and it on every level, it, you right. know, emotionally, physically, even spiritually, like it's a call for something new, and and we don't know what that is, you know, That's, just as a as a society. Exactly, and, yeah. and it's. Unfortunately, because of our society, first of all, women are getting getting premenopause and perimenopause at an earlier age. Yep. Because of the quality of our food or the food system that we yep. have in place, that low fat packaging that the manu- food manufacturers have a tendency to push. You know, so they're getting it's perimenopause and premenopause are happening earlier. Yes. And it's also phyto. Well, it's also phytoestrogen. Like there's a lot that's got to do with that. I think we got it. We have all these things going into the key that's supposed to be for estrogen and, and the estrogen actions aren't happening, but the key is getting turned and and that's really problematic too. And and this is, I guess where I'm going with this is I'm a firm believer that there's a, there's a true change of thought here in the, in the lately is this third and fourth generation bioidentical hormone replacement people people, which are good people, and they're trying to make it better for the females. But they have this belief that a woman should never have to go through menopause. (laughs) That makes me laugh. (laughs) Well, it does me too, because (laughs) God created our bodies. I mean, God created our bodies. 
And women are supposed to get to an age where the egg stops to drop. So the progesterone goes down and the eggs are supposed to drop. Yep. And they do. But to add, to keep a woman out of menopause to me is going, it's like playing God. I have to agree with you. It's, 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 I could say it's an animal thing. Like we would never interfere with an animal's natural cycle. Right. You know, I mean, all you have to do is sort of look, you know, we wouldn't even give, like we would, we would never give a cheetah like a, a latte and a freaking Dunkin' Donut and tell it to go run across the savannah. Like we would never do that. That would be ridiculous. We do that to ourselves all the time. So right. we, we take ourselves out of the natural matrix as if, if, as if we exist separate from it and we should be able to kind of engineer things in a better way than they've been designed. And, and to me, that is, it's just crazy. That I think it's crazy. I really do. Well, that, that's not to say that um, symptoms can't be ameliorated and addressed because actually there are some issues with, with certain, you know, many women who go through like very precipitate, that, that real steep hormonal shift. There, there are health risks. It's not just discomfort. It's not just, you know, hot flashes and, and, and the menopause. There's, there's health risks that come right. along with this. And so, and particularly if you're in a really extreme perimenopausal situation, like this is new, like if you're flashing and flashing for years, your risk for getting type 2 diabetes is much higher. Right. And so, so there's certain things that, that we can work with. And we actually do have some foundational, they're relatively non-sexy tools, which I think is part of the problem. It's kind of going back to basics of things that are really helpful with that. And so... There are things that you can do to to help, but the idea that it should be eliminated for me that that goes along with the invisibility thing. Like somehow we shouldn't age, and that is crazy. That is crazy because women in midlife and women who we we suddenly many of us the privileged among us we have time. Many of us have means for the first time, you know, or we're hitting our stride in our right. our professional careers, and a lot of that is due to the brain chemistry changes and certain things that happen energetically. You know, I, I can't tell you how many women have said, I feel like a superpower. Like I, I feel like these, these hot flashes are like lighting me up, you know, like I'm a power ranger or something. <laughs> and, so, and I really, I think there's something to that. It's like we, we start operating in a different way and we bring something very unique in this kind of, it's not crone, you know, using archetypes. It's not crone yet. It's kind of queen. Like moving from motherhood into queen, and we have so much to offer this culture, and it and that's the positive side of actually accepting, allowing, and flowing with that organic menopause change. Like that's a good part when we can manage the, the symptoms that right. feel out of control. You know. Well, that's one of the things I think that positive about the third and fourth generation bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is that it's better than the horse urine. Oh, way better. <laughs> <laughs> Way and it's better than pellets. <laughs> yep. So there is some good thing. The creams, the good. There's some good creams out now yep. for women. For yeah. And but you know some of the testing, like and testing is coming out now. I mean, well, Dutch has been around Brand for new. a little while, but Dutch test is one of my favorite ones for women. Yep. Especially, but but for men as well, because I you know I, I'm I I run a Dutch test. I met a lot for cortisol and and the oats part of it. But yep. and I and I like salivary, you know, I like saliva testing. See, I, I'm gonna, I, I like the urine test better for women. 
it is, I think it probably is more effective, but like in the state where I'm in, there's no independent labs. Okay. Rhode Island has no independent labs. Okay. So we, it's like the only thing we have access to. And you have to, if you do them frequently enough, then right. you start to at least see a trend. So that's trend. something we can handle without right. the doctors and without the referrals, okay. which are hard to find in some states. Right. But yeah, I'm with you. I agree with you. But I think, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that as women go into this, the food, our food as a culture, our food is not helping women go through this. No. So they start going down this rabbit hole of, I feel like crap. I'm getting this pooch. My husband doesn't love me anymore. Yep. I don't have a sex drive. Yep. I'm going to work out all the time and I'm not losing a pound. And I got to fix this. Yeah. So what happens is they start eating more. They eat more chocolate. Here's where the sugar comes in. And then they start drinking their wine at night. Yep. And they're not getting any better. You're spiraling. And it and it's it's because, and that, you know, I, I, I talk about this. I've actually got a... Um, a giveaway that uh, I, I'm going to link up. I'm deciding right now that I'm going to I'm going to link up this new infographic that I just um, have created about what I'm about to talk about here okay. um, on the Rebel page um, okay. on my website. But what ends up happening, and and this isn't talked about. It's talked about in pieces, but not sort of all together like this. We go into we're heading into this naturally. We're super stressed in our culture. Just women, you know, we're trying to work on an equal par with men. We're trying to, you know, bring money in. We're trying to helicopter parent, which is its own thing and problematic in my opinion, but we're trying to do that, win the parenting awards. You know, sometimes we have aging parents um, and just social pressures. Many people have economic pressures, political, you know, stress, all (laughs) of the stuff that's going on. We're jacked. We are jacked. So our cortisol, I call it the cortisol contraction. It's like we are in this, like we're bearing down and we're we're hunkering down. And and you know, as we we talked about a little bit before, progesterone is the precursor for cortisol. So we're robbing. So our progesterone is the first thing that drops before even estrogen. That's the earliest earliest signs of premenopause. So that's starting to go down, and then we start sucking it up to make all this cortisol. And so we go into, in a way, early menopause, and sometimes we become estrogen dominant, even if we have a normal amount of estrogen because our progesterone is bottoming out. This is, this is my theory right. now. So, so when this starts to happen, we will do anything to expand out of this contraction. We have got to vent or open this intense kind of bearing down thing. And what is expansive in food? It's alcohol. Right. It is sugar. It's hours of mindless TV, um, and all of these, you know, screens, you know, hanging out on your screens all the time, shopping, like all that kind of stuff, opens up the energy, and it's it's vital. It's crucial. Our our systems know that we need this, and we don't have other good alternatives, and we don't believe. And here's the problem: the things that actually can help us address this in a more balanced way. We just don't take them seriously. Right. I, I mean, I literally, I was doing a podcast a few weeks ago with a, a woman who's a little younger than me, but about 
my age. And, and she's always been fit. And we were talking about some of these related issues. And she said, you know, because I'm a huge fan of walking plus a certain kind of fitness intensity, which right. I can talk about if you'd like. But I was saying, you know, walking becomes this like magic key for women at this age, like lots of walking, extended walking. And she was saying, you know, all my life, I was, I run. That's what's given me my lungs. That's what's kept me slim. That's what, you know, helped me mentally. But all of a sudden I was gaining weight with my running. I said, yep, that exactly is the cortisol problem. Walking detoxes cortisol. She had switched over to it on her own. She was starting to walk and all of a sudden the weight started to shift. And she's like, I couldn't believe it. Like, what's going on? I'm, I'm using less intensity. Like that is one of the things that people, they don't believe it. Right. They don't believe that you have to relax and kind of do gentler things and you will start to see a reversal of some of this contraction. And we still, I'm going I'm to say it because I think it's, I think okay, it's great. We, st- we still need intensity. We still need, I'm a, I'm a huge fan for, for middle-aged women of um, HII to hit um, high-intensity right. interval training but, and resistance training, but done in shorter increments and done, done with something that, that is called rest-based. So you're working as hard as you can. And then when you need to, you stop. Right. And you take it down and you let your system settle. And that actually circumvents the normal cortisol reaction to those things. And or afterwards, walk. So if you do like a 20-minute high-intensity session, then you walk for 20 to 30 minutes afterward to detoxify that cortisol. Right. And if, you know, if you're a yoga person, you can also do postures. That, that, works, as, that works well too. But walking is, I don't know, hello, it's free. Anyone can do it. Right. You know, it does take time, which is... And you're which outside. Is, you're outside, which is also super walking, balancing. I mean, sometimes you're not outside, but some people, right? But but that is it. That has its own thing, like connecting to nature, taking right. forest baths. Like that is another super cortisol detoxing um, and and system balancing kind of a thing. Because again, we're animals, and we get outside, get our feet on the earth, and get under the trees, and that literally helps your hormones stabilize. And these are the things that you know. I tell people, I have to do like this tap dance to kind of sell you know right. these kinds of these kinds of things because they're you know they just they don't sound like anything but actually that's where the magic key lies right i know the guys at the gym laugh at me when i say my adrenals are i have to slow down because my adrenals are stressed out they're like <laughs> they're like yeah give me a break yeah, buddy yeah. <laughs> right. but that's exactly you know you're you you believe that until you have the effects of it until you actually have the, you know, and then you're like, oh, oh, okay. You know, that's really, and so, and it's, and it's really the intensity levels that we feel a lot of times, if you have that kind of personality, you want to push really hard because that's the only kind of emotion, because that's actually hard exercise is another vent. Like that's another expander sort of, because you can kind of, you know, vent the emotional steam. And I'm, I'm a big believer in that, but just not too often, not too long. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. I think it's midlife. Honestly, Tom, I, I really think that this is, this is what it's called for and that you can sustain, you know, and, and you will eventually like I, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's one of my heroes. I love her, love these videos of her, you know, in her eighties, like pumping iron, doing her pushups. Like you can do strength training and you can do walking until the day you die if your frame can tolerate it. Right. So, and it just becomes actually healthier and healthier, especially for women, for men too, but especially for women. It's brain protective. It is a brain protective. Yeah. 
I tell my clients all the time, park your car the furthest away from the grocery store doors you can. Yeah. And walk. Yeah. The simple stuff. The sim- you know, this is like people, people say, oh, I know that. I know that. But there's this like big disconnect between right. knowing it and putting it into and doing. action. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. Wow. The year is coming to an end fast. Got some general housekeeping today. If you would like to sign up for my newsletter and if you would like to get general information from me via email, up-to-date things like what to do about this and what to do about that and some podcast episode releases, text REBEL to 66866. Again, text REBEL to 66866. Next up, I would like to let you know that I have some spots available starting now. I've got a couple of seats available for the end of the year. And then I've got four spots open at the beginning of 2020. If you would like to do that, or if you're not sure, you can schedule a free consultation with me by going to my website, www.thomunderwood.net. Again, www.thomunderwood.net. Schedule a free 20-minute consultation with me to see, A, if we're a good fit, and B, if I can help you. If you feel like shit and you want to lose some weight or you just feel generally thuggish, not sleeping well, need some help, need some help with your gut, please go to www.tomunderwood.net and sign up for a free 20-minute consultation with me and we'll discuss you and see what I can do for you. And if you don't feel we're a good fit, that's okay also. I appreciate you listening to today's episode. Please rate and review the show and share this episode with a friend. Thank you so much and much love to you all. What are some of the expanders you're talking about? Well, first, let's clarify expander for the listeners. Yeah, it's a hard thing to explain because I'm sort of I'm using a metaphoric model. So when I think about contracting, I'm thinking about anything that would be like left brain that requires a lot of focus, like a hard day at work, having a fight, negotiating traffic, managing tough kids, balancing a lot of things in the household, any kind of things that you might think of as stressful or that require a ton of focus. Like that is contracting energetically because energy essentially does two things, right? It contracts, it expands. And so we are an energy system in just a, you know, a very simplistic kind of way. We are. And so there are a lot of Eastern, you know, a lot of Eastern traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, look at food through that lens. And so they can literally say, these foods are expanding, these foods are contracting. And it's not an exact science, but we do know for sure that the things that make you feel kind of spacey and open and release that contraction um, tend to be... um, uh, they, te- they tend to be expansive. They tend to make you feel better. So the ones that are the quickest and the easiest and the most obvious are alcohol, sugar, flour, like the simple starches, the simple, that kind of stuff. But actually anything that is a, a plant food, and I, I like to lean into vegetables. This is one of my, again, one of those super non-sexy major things that I find helpful is actually starting to really load up, like fill your plate with vegetables because vegetables fundamentally 
are energetically expanding. So meat is contracting, super contracting. Right. And so energetically, this is like a very particular lens I'm talking about. And, and women, you know, one of the problems with menopause is you start to lose about 10% of your muscle mass just organically after menopause every year. It's a problematic. So, and it's harder for women to retain and build muscle. And so getting enough protein is super important. So that's, so I, I'm not saying anything against um, clean animal proteins, if that's your choice. But what people don't do is they don't eat enough plants. And plants have the magical, for, in, for these years, they're very, very supportive to your liver on a bunch of levels. You're getting micronutrients that even though it's not, they're not perfect, you're still getting a broad variety of them. You're getting that fiber, which is deficient in pretty much everybody's diet. And with all the, you know, the keto and the low carb, the thing that has gone is the throwing the baby out with the bathwater is really good live fibers. And that, that is crucial to aging well. And I'm well, not even talking about it. It's It's crucially important to your gut health. And so most people have really problematic guts. And I know you're an expert on this and you have a lot of, you know, good resources on, on this podcast and, and in your site. And that, that is something that by this age, it's a lot of women have pretty haywire guts. So getting that together enough so that you have the digestive fire so that you can burn through these vegetables so that you have enough enzymes. And you know sometimes you need supplemental support so that you can really start to take them in and get the nutrition from them. But that turns out to be this magic key. And it, it does a bunch of things. It's when you switch to filling up on vegetables as opposed to, you know, A, starchy carbs, grains, or B, heavy meats and fats, there, there's this like trickle down effect that is very supportive to hormone balance. So, and easing up your liver, freeing up your liver helps you detox estrogen, helps you detox cortisol, it helps your um, elimination system, speeds up transit time, like all those kinds of things that are more and more important with each decade that we age. You know, right. I mean, I have people in my 70s that clients in my 70s that are like, if I could just poop, you know, I'd give anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's what, so, so that should not be a problem. And if it's a problem for you, you know, in your 40s and 50s, you are not going to be a happy camper by the time yeah. you hit your 70s. So you got to right. figure it out, you know, and, and it's, and it's um, one of those things that goes along with the pooch and the other you know, that pooch oh. is a, adaptive. It's a little bit adaptive. A small part of it is because it does make estrogen that's a, that helps to replace like that fat helps replace what you're losing. And it's also like you see, you sort of start turning into your husband, you know, the fat like drops down to the waist and hips and your bones thin out. And so if, if you have a fall and you land on a little padding, like again, from the animal perspective, it's adaptive. But what happens to us is it goes haywire. And then, then it starts making actually that belly pooch starts making, you know, um, more cortisol and starts, and it's a result of cortisol and it's a result of too much insulin. And so we start getting not just a little pot, but like a pot belly, like a right. big old, you know, and that, that's problematic. So I want to say again, like by design, the way it's designed, it's okay, it's healthy, even though we don't love it. But it's when it starts to go uh, off the rails that we need to address it. Right. And to your point about liver, liver, this is a really important key for women is that your liver, and men too, because your liver has to detoxify the estrogen. Yes. You have to be able to, you know, so if your pathway to your liver is not functioning well, your estrogen is going to be, so when you're going through menopause and you're not 
clearing out your estrogen the way God intended to clear. Yep. You're going to be because his whole wire is just keep going to keep going. And it's a it's, big circle. It's mess. more. It's more problems. And I, I said phytoestrogens before. I meant xenoestrogens. Right, like xeno. that's another thing that makes the. That's the other thing that that is is new. Like to right. the you know the last few generations, uh, all the plastics, plastics. exactly, exactly. Receipts from the grocery store. Yes, the the stuff you put on your face, face. on your women, the cosmetics, the skin cream, the stuff that goes into your armpits, which are very absorbent, like the the parabens, the phthalates, that like those kinds of things right. are endocrine disruptors, and they start to be a problem. Like you might have managed them okay up in you know 30s and 40s but once you start to hit this time when your liver's kind of you know sucking wind then right. you at this point you really start to feel the effects well the deodorant to the back to the deodorant though but most of breast cancer is formed on right underneath your armpit that's where it is because of the because of deodorant Yes. And we put, what do we do? We do like underwire bras. We right. lock everything in so the breast tissue can't move. It's, it's held off. And then we open up those pores, which are hyperabsorbent, right next to our... Um, Mammogram. The, well, what the heck are they called? The, oh, the lymph nodes, like oh, huge cluster right. of lymph nodes. Right. And so you get a breast cancer and then it just zips over to the lymph nodes. And, and then, you know, you're all of a sudden you're in stage two, there three, four. Yep. yep. It's terrible. Let's talk about... Uh, uh, the reboot program. Because Thank that's you, the me boot. Me boot. The me boot. Yes. Me boot, not reboot, sorry. It's the me reboot. I meant just, okay. <laughs> so I it meant is to a say reboot me boot, but it's kind of a reboot. <laughs> it is. It is. This is what geared towards the women we're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And so it is, it isn't, I don't talk a lot about the the hormone specifics, but actually I'm going to be adding, because this is so common, it's this common complicating factor. And I've been doing these live programs called the Menno Boot, which have this overlay and women are like, yay, thank you. you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be adding an additional module just that's, that's really just education. So you can understand these complicating factors that are hitting just from your age, like no fault of your own. It's just part of what happens organically. And the but the foundational things and there there are they're really simple lifestyle changes. They're not necessarily the easiest things to implement for most people, but they are quite simple and they can be done progressively like one step at a time. And they I, I address on the plate, which is all the food stuff, but also off the plate which is kind of how we do our um, emotions. How do we manage this stress? Right. How do we, you know, work? And, and, and they're really very simple, straightforward practices that are profoundly effective. And I think once you start to kind of dig into this kind of work, and it's really like a way to handle emotional charge in a different way, like a way to work with that little kid inside who goes a little bit nuts for many right. women during, during menopause, like how to manage that differently. It kind of teaches you how to manage the, the second half of your life. Like you really, once you kind of work into these things, it's going to continue to help you. And these skills are going to become more important the older you get. So I love Good. that. It's like, a, it's adaptive for, you know, it will help you age gracefully. So you have more energy, you know, in the second half than you had in the first half, which is a real possibility for women in my generation. That's a real possibility. Right. And it's talk about, true for me. Talk about those. 
So the the off the plate tips is what you call them, right? Yeah. Yeah. The off the plate tips. So the, the, I mean, one of the big on the plate tips is, you know, filling up with vegetables that I've already mentioned. There's kind of, you know, seven of those big ones off the plate. There's a few tricks in there that, that again, they sound really simple, but for instance, like clearing out clearing out your mind, clearing out your your spa- living spaces, clearing out your calendar, like making some space or some room in your life turns out to be this amazing way to set up lifestyle change. Because when everything is super crowded and super full, we almost can't help but repeat the same patterns we always have. Like when the things around us literally generate and trigger the kinds of behaviors that we have spent our lives developing. And so if you want something new, and what I say all the time is like, if you want to change, you have to change, (laughs) like actually. And so one of the ways that you can start to do that when you don't know where to begin and you you just can't manage the food and you're, you're, you know, falling down a glass of wine, a bottle of wine every night. One of the ways that you can begin is actually to start to clear something out. And it sounds really simple, but I can't tell you, again, I cannot tell you the power of this what people report when they start. And I've had people like, okay, I cleared my purse out and I felt so much better, (laughs) like starting with that. And then they're like, oh, you know, I noticed this closet. And then they go to the bathroom and they do a bathroom detox and they start looking for things that have, you know, parabens and phthalates, things they can't pronounce. And they start clearing that out. And one thing leads to another. And when you have empty space, there is room for something fresh and new to enter. Okay. And this is, it's like a, it's a, it's a, a spiritual thing that's understood very well in the spiritual realm, but we don't typically apply it to like food needing, you know, again, one of those things that like crosses the artificial boundaries. So that's a big one. And then the other one that is, it's not really addressed out there. I haven't heard this very much um, in kind of the, the general world, especially sort of the health world. But if you can figure out, if you can learn some fundamental skills for managing the emotions inside your system, your entire life will change. And so I have a couple, there's, there's two, there's actually three sort of strategies in here. Um, one of them is called keeping the captain's seat. One of them is called holding on. And one of them is called letting go. And so I'll, I'll talk about keeping the captain's seat for a second because I think this is the one that, that is, ha, certainly was probably the most powerful for me personally okay. when I started to get this skill. And it, it really is a very simple way of starting to observe the, your emotional reactivity to start, start, sort of start to view it and treat it like the weather outside. So instead of just melding with it, like, like something like... We're just moving along. We're neutral in our lives and something happens and it triggers uh, something inside of us. There's like this emotional response. This is a charge. This has energy. It's, it's of the Tao. It's a thing. You know, we have these physiological changes. And typically what most of us will do if it's an uncomfortable feeling, we'll either stuff it down or we'll shunt it out. <laughs> so we'll like stuff it down and food is really helpful for that. Like I'm just not going to feel it. I'm not going to express it. It's not okay for me to be mad. I have to make nice. A lot of women have that one. Or finally, when we pop our cork, it's kind of like road rage. Like I, I'm going to spill this all over you, right? And people okay. who people who who stuff a lot tend to have more physical problems, high blood pressure and migraine things, back pains. People who vent 
actually tend to be physically healthier, but then all around them, you know, their lives, their work, their families, their relationships tend to have some rubble. (laughs) So, So neither of those things is grand. So what I am talking about is actually allowing that kind of organic feeling to occur in your body and noticing it to track it from a sensation level. It's a feeling, like notice the feeling. What is it? Fuzzy? Is it hot? Is it in my stomach? Is it moving fast? Is it tight? Does it have a shape? Like I I start to kind of just watch it in a a neutral way. I'm going to detach from the story a little bit. I'm going to notice the sensations because the sensations, they'll never kill you. Like we're afraid of deep grief and anger and lots of different kinds of things. But actually, when you just separate the story from the physical sensation, your body knows what to do. Your body kind of digests it the way that it does food. So the idea is to notice it, take a little breath, and actually with your attention, you just kind of lean away. You literally just lean Back. So this thing is taking place and instead of jumping and diving into it and merging with it, you say, okay, there's, so this is a hot feeling in my chest. So my pulse is speeding up. I'm just going to kind of watch it, let it be there. And I'm, I'm going to not get involved with my energy. And so this, this is a, it's a relatively simple practice, but it, it takes a little bit. It has to be, you have to experience it to know what I'm talking about. You have to actually try it. And I recommend that people start with something not super crazy and triggering. Like I recommend that people start with like an itch, you know, like presencing a physical itch or I, I do my practice really deeply like in the dentist chair, <laughs> like trying to, whenever I know I'm going to have something uncomfortable, right. I, will, I will practice this with a physical sensation because it's less threatening. And so I will literally like notice it. I'll track it because here's the bottom line. This is, this is what's so interesting. And this now I'm going to put on my, my minister hat in a way. We are so much huger than we think we are. We are energetically and spiritually, we are these massive creatures. We don't really stop at our skin in the way that we think we do. And so when we are in pain, emotional or physical, we tend to laser beam on the pain and we focus in and that's our whole lives and that's our whole thing. And very early in my career, I did a lot with chronic pain and chronic illness and people could learn that they could actually expand their attention and their awareness to a broader range than just that one painful spot. So you can open up and so you notice, oh, I've got my whole, like maybe I have a headache. I have my whole arms, legs, you know, behind, like everything that is kind of comfortable and relaxed in this space. I can actually get bigger than that so that I can just let that physical pain sort of do its thing. It's It's a similar practice. And if you are a sports person or a yoga person, you've already done this. You have managed to push your way. If you lift weights, that hurts. You learn how to tolerate the pain, to reframe it. You don't jump into it and fall down and die. Although, you know, I did when I first started training. (laughs) But but you're like, you learn like, oh, okay, it's a burning. I can handle it. It's just like that. It's literally just like that. You can get to that with pain with frustration, with even, you know, with rage even. I mean, it takes some ego strength to do the bigger ones, but you learn it a little at a time. Hmm. 
It's the purpose. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what like meditation and yoga, those aren't really to clear your mind and get your foot behind your head. The point of those practices is to learn how to do this, how to stay centered in your, in something that's a part of you that's bigger than the part that is like Mm. zooming around in circles. That's actually what those practices are for. Mm. I like that. That's interesting because I thank you. I mean, it works. It works. It does. It's so powerful. It's so hard to do. It's hard to do. It's simple, but it's not easy. But it's just like anything else. Like you train, you actually train. And so the Mibu program gives you like the foundational tools, the foundational steps. So you can do these things kind of one by one in a progressive way in a timeline that's helpful for you. You know, and I'll, and I'll give you 30 days of emails. I'll break it down so that you get support every single day for 30 days, like a little deeper, you know, dive into some of the information, a little support. If you're doing this thing, you might need help here. And so it's this kind of wraparound program and and we have a Facebook group. So there's a a collective because we, we definitely do better with this kind of, I call it really training. It's training with, you know, changing our eating habits and changing the way we do our feelings. It's, we do better in community. And frankly, hormones are communal. And so they just are, you know, women's, women's moon cycles sync up when they hang out together. Like this is, this is a fact It's a biology, um, kind of situation. And so it really, I'm finding that it's tremendously helpful for us to come together in a group, even if we're living our independent lives and we're all over the world, it is still tremendously helpful on that energetic level. Mm. You know, and to that effect, I've actually started a new Facebook group. Flower Fire just started it for that for that purpose, so that we can literally gather and move into this space and have it be a positive space and be able to share our resources. You know, in this area where we just don't have a lot of support from the community at large, we just don't. Flower Fire. Flower Fire, a fresh vision for women over forty. It's a it's a Facebook group. Okay. And it's it's brand new, and uh, I'm super excited about it. And people are already pouring in. So good. Yeah. I have to give me a, a link to that in the show notes. Definitely. Now, before we close this out today, is there anything that you would like to say that we missed for the women out there that in this age? Hmm. I guess I would I would like to say that so many signals and signs and cultural messages are telling us that life that when you when you hit your late 40s and early 50s that it's going to start to be a time of loss that just things are going to go away things are going to uh, fall from you you're going to lose capacity and and visibility and and beauty and desirability and all of those kinds of things your health and i just want to say that that is i understand why we believe that it's true but it's an old story and it is not the foundational truth. The truth of the matter is this can be the beginning of starting to gain the things that truly matter in life. It's an opportunity to find satisfaction in a way that's eluded you, that's eluded us up to this time, like a very, a true and an authentic satisfaction in kind of claiming who we are and, and where we are. 
I just want to send that message. I believe this very strongly. Yeah, that's good. Any other tips or tricks you want to share? Um, off the off the top of my head, I, I got okay. tons, but you know, I, I, you know, those are the those are the the big ones. I think we covered. Oh, that's some good. good ones. I like that. I like the one that popped uh, channeling your energy That's interesting because that's that's something I need to practice. We, yeah, many people need to practice it. Most of us do because we get we get charged up and we get taken down an old road. Like suddenly we're doing old conditioning. We do the same thing over and over again. Right. You know because that charge hits us and we're like ooh. And we just go into like, we're like a puppet. We sort of do the same thing over and over again. And this allows you to actually get beyond your own limitations. And those freaking limitations, those were set when we were like seven. Like it is time to move on. (laughs) It's time to go beyond that. It's hard. It's hard, but it's possible. The the women, this group of women we're talking about today is like 40 plus, right? So their kids are growing up. Yes. Their kids are in school. They have their own lives. Yes. Some of the kids are, when you get to your 50s, the kids are leaving the house. Yep. And you find yourself at home with your husband with no children. Right. And, and you're you like, guys who are, are you? Looking at each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You're looking at each other like, what do, what do we do? <laughs> right, right. Like, this is it until we die? <laughs> gone. And we're going to sit here and look, we're going to sit here and watch TV at night <laughs> and not say a word to each other. Yes. Yes, so many women find themselves, especially if you've kind of sunk your identity into parenting. You're even a little bit more lost because your beautiful kids have moved on or your challenging kids even have moved on. And and suddenly you're sitting there like, what the heck is next? What do I even want? You know, women, we don't even know what we want. We're not good at 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 predicting that at the best of times. And suddenly it just feels like a big vacuum. And I I will just say, and I think this is ladies and men alike, that that is the opportunity to go deeper, to actually figure out who you really are and what you really want. Because this this is a whole new phase and it's a more in a good way, it's a more self it can be a more self-centered phase, especially for women, especially right. for family women. You know, that this this is a time when you can kind of you're not you're not as concerned about some of those social things that were really a big deal. You know, a right. lot of my women, they're not worried about getting into a bikini anymore. They're not right, trying right. to, you know, like they, they want to actually, they want to live. They want to have some some juice. They want to have some fun. They want to do some service in the world, like something that actually matters. And and this is this is the time. This is the opportunity. So, yeah, so don't don't fill it with wine. No, <laughs> don't no, fill no. It with Cheetos. Yeah. Right. That's what Cheetos, we do. Cheetos, right. that's what Cheetos we do. and wine. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. and. I see a lot. I yeah. see a lot of that. It's common. It's so and common. Then you, you know, and the other part that really is really sad, though, is that when you get to that point in life where the kids have moved on and you're sitting there looking at your spouse, this is where the part, this is where the divorce things start yeah. to come in because yeah. you don't know who the other person is anymore because yeah. you were so busy with the kids in the house. Exactly. You're and doing now your you're work, alone you're and doing you're your like, kids. Yeah. It's tricky. It's very tricky. And for men, you know, a lot of times at that age, like it depends on the, your, you're thinking about retirement and for men, it's like, okay, well, what have I done so far? And do I really feel satisfied? And so men go through their own, you know, they have a, like a menopause that, that is its own issue. And so these two things are going on at the same time, you know, and then all of a sudden what has taken up your days is gone. Right. And that's for me, like my whole life changed when the kids launched. Like I thought I was going to leave the work. You know, I told you a little about this. Right. And I, th- I had to do a big 
I did a big, big, big change. And I was lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to do some traveling, to kind of leave my life for a little while and then come back and really just, I regrouped in an organic way. And that, that helped me tremendously. That mm. was a really a big help for me. And clearing out was a big part of that. You know, we downsized, got rid of a lot of stuff and it just loosened up like all the things that I thought I needed and wanted when I left them behind for a little while, I was like, oh, I don't actually need that at all. So that helped. That's awesome. All right. So one question I asked all my guests and is if Jeanette had an hour or 30 to 45 minutes to an hour kill, what album or artist would you listen to? <laughs> Does it have to be one? <laughs> no, it, could be, it could be multiple. I've had multiple. Cause, yeah, because I'm so, you know, when I downsized, we went, you know, four floors to four rooms. I got rid of all like my tapes and albums. So I use a lot of, you know, sometimes Spotify, but really mostly Pandora. And I'm, okay. I, I, if I wanted to just chill, I would tune right into like the Al Green station. Okay. Um, I love um, Herbie Hancock. I love oh, wow. Spyro Gyra, Chikoria, oh, yeah. like just kind of jammy. The you jazz know, fusion. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that whole, awesome. that soul funk, you know, yeah. that's, that to me is just really fun music for me. It was, those were good times. <laughs> right, yeah, those, like yeah. it's a very, yeah, I, I like it's a great that time too. for music. Do you? Yeah. What is it? What do you like? What's your? I, you know, I like the uh, the old soul funk. Ah, me too. A me lot. Too. I also like <laughs> the jazz. I also, but I also usually I'll put on some old Van Morrison. Oh, fun! Yeah. Yeah, like cl- classic classic rock is another, right. you know, like that's my comfort food. Like if I'm cooking, that's right. like my comfort food. Right. <laughs> it's like 60s, 70s classic rock. Love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, before we go though, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Oh, what is the link? Well, you developed a link, right? Yes. So the for this this podcast and the giveaways that I had talked about, it's my website, which is JeanetteBessinger.com. Okay. Two N's, two T's, two S's. It's a big name. Forward slash rebel. Okay. Forward so that's, slash that's, rebel. Yeah. So that, right. that will be able to find this. And then, you know, you can find me on social media. On Facebook, I mentioned already Flower Fire, but there's also um, the Clean Food Coach. And that's not a group. That's a, just my open um, social media site Clean there. Clean Food Coach. The Clean Food Coach. And I'm, I'm also, um, you know, Instagram, Pinterest. It's, it's at Jeanette Messenger. So I'm kind of, I'm all over. And definitely check out the site. My my blogs are solid. Yeah, I, I love I your keep site. Those going, so thank you. I did like your, I did you. like this the redo of your site. It's really good. Thank you very much. Uh, and I like your pro. I like your where you're headed with this. It's you know it's much needed in today's society, especially for we women going through perimenopause, premenopause, and menopause for that yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and, and you and I both know since we do this that stresses. A huge, a huge issue that we it's need to address issue. on a daily basis. Yeah, we really do, and we can't do it by talking about how bad it is because that just makes it worse. Worse. It's like we have to. It's one of the problems with right. addressing it. Um, you got to go a little deeper. You got to find techniques that that cut it off at the knees, and so and that's, that's really well. what the me boots about. Walking is a big one, especially <laughs> so, outdoors. Yes. in nature. Yes. And what'd you call it? Forest bathing. Forest bathing. Yes. Love it. I absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much again. And Thank you, I Tom. appreciate you. Pleasure. I appreciate you much and uh, much love to you and your family. 
Thanks so much. Back at you. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.